0: Well, welcome to The Crossing Church Rewind, brought to you by the teaching team of The Crossing Church in Westminster, Colorado, where we dive a little deeper and explore a little further the ideas and themes shared from this past weekend at The Crossing Church. Well, I am Pastor Mark, discipleship pastor here at The Crossing Church, and with me today is...
1: I'm Pastor Leslie, I'm the children and family pastor here.
0: And I'm Pastor
2: Brian, just living the COVID dream. And
3: I
1: am Pastor Nathan,
3: I am the Creative arts and one of the teaching pastors here. And yeah, I yeah, I I this past weekend distanced. speaker. I am this past weekend speaker. Lessons from a donkey was the yeah. title of the sermon, so take that as you will.
0: Typecasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, if if you by the way, we, we should probably just apologize in advance. Last week, uh, I think Pastor Brian had his kind of venting moment. Uh, if you haven't if you haven't listened to that episode yet, please go and do that. I think this he week called it me sounds like shirt. it might he did call you a he jerk. He called me a uh, jerk last week. I meant that in love. <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> yes, it, with all the Christ-like love in the world, he called him a jerk. Um, so, But this week, it sounds like it might be uh, Pastor Nate's turn to be on the, the crazy side of it. So, yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll see how... Good luck indeed. So we also are running this. Uh, Nate is actually the one in charge of all of the tech stuff <laughs> and I'm currently hosting. So at any given time, he can just input any kind of uh, soundboard or anything. And, and we've got some doozies for you this week. So uh, definitely be looking for those.
1: It's definitely well, going to be a ride today.
0: Oh, it's going to be a ride. It's going to be a fun one. <laughs> Speaking of. Well,
3: it is what it is, boys and girls.
0: So thank we had
1: a <laughs> inclusivity. Yes.
0: Yeah, so thank you for that. I so we, we had a, actually a meeting this morning, just kind of touch and base with, with some things and, uh, and someone brought up, uh, something about hair. And, and if you're unfamiliar, uh, you know, pastor Brian loves to mention that I have great hair. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, and I do, I just want to throw that out there. I But, uh, it, it kind of got me thinking, how's everybody's hair doing? Cause you know, I, I, so I lucked out. I got my hair cut two days before they shut down all the hair salons. So mine's about as fresh as it can be, but how, how's everybody else doing? I
3: was in desperate need of a haircut um, before they shut down all the salons. And so I wear a hat pretty much every day and I might have a man bun when this is all over.
1: So you're not going to let your wife cut your hair? Not a chance. <laughs> all right. Okay. Not, not uh, Probably doesn't
2: need a scissors right now.
1: <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I cut my own bangs in the bathroom like a week ago. So that's always, it was the most terrifying 20 minutes of my life, but it worked. We have success.
2: Well, I looked at, I looked in the mirror a couple of days and all I saw a couple of days ago and all I saw was Will Ferrell. <laughs>
0: Well, that, that's a mental image that I'm not going to be able to get out now. Well, well. So hopefully, actually, so Pastor Brian, you trust Kim, your wife, with all of your tech stuff. Are you going to trust her with a pair of scissors? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. The same all boat right. I'm in. Something, right. something
2: about an Ice Cube's chance. I don't know what that means.
3: This ah, will, ah. um, this will play into the image that you all already have of me, anyways. But it took me when I first moved here two and a half years to find somebody to cut my hair that I trusted and uh, continued to use. And unfortunately she has moved so far away to cut hair that I was in the process of finding somebody new. But since it took that long to find somebody I trust to do my hair the way I want, there ain't no way Kelly's getting anywhere near it in this moment.
0: So, So what you're saying is you're very particular. Um, or there, there might be some other words that you know the the King James version, right? Yeah, That's yeah the, just go to the yeah. King
3: James translation on that one.
0: <laughs> oh, oh my! Yeah. Well, uh, speaking. Uh, of- <laughs> there it is. Speaking of the King James version, uh, you know, you, 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 thought about using that this week, but you didn't, you start, you stuck with a few, a uh, few other translations that were, were a little, little, uh, more used to, but, uh, just give us a quick, you know, couple minute recap of, uh, what we talked about this weekend. This, this was Palm Sunday, uh, yeah. you know, or Palm weekend at this Palm. point. I don't even know. <laughs> well, all, they're all running together, man. I mean, it's like March 98th or something. I don't know, but give us just a little bit of a recap of, uh, what, uh, what, what you were preaching on and, and what you brought to to uh, the Crossing Church this weekend. Little donkey. <laughs>
3: <laughs> spend, spend time talking about the donkey. Um, and honestly, I mean, I got into this and I was studying as best I could. And this would have been a particular weekend that was... 100% up my alley on how I like to normally preach and dig into scripture and there's the this kind of upside down kingdom of Jesus that's, that's parading into Jerusalem on a peaceful representation at the same time that there is uh, most likely Pontius Pilate marching into Jerusalem from the west on a war horse with chariots to remind the people there who's in charge to remind the, the Jewish population that's gathering there for their uh, festival and celebration who's in charge and there's this there's this whole political and theological, like war going on here in the way of Jesus's peace. And, um, and, and I, I mean, I love that particular type of sermon and I went there a little bit. Um, but I just, as I was praying about it, as I was spending time reading scripture, uh and different material uh God just wasn't leading me in that full direction and we can always break that down later um and if you want to come talk to me email me I will talk about that until the cows come or the donkeys come home yeah the donkeys until the donkeys <laughs> come home uh but I just felt in this strange time we find ourselves in all being socially distanced and watching from couches that there was there was maybe a more tangible thing God was leading me towards and the idea that that God had a plan in all of this. Jesus had been making his way to Jerusalem. He didn't just show up there at this particular moment by happenstance that he had been healing people along the way and performing miracles along the way. And even, you know, wept on a donkey for what was coming as he rode into Jerusalem. Um, And that God had that plan and that this, this lowly kind of peaceful kind of barnyard worker of an animal, of a donkey was part of God's plan and what was tying it back from helping God carry out for helping Jesus, carry out this plan, carrying Jesus where he needed to go. That's where I wanted to connect it. We're essentially in the story. We're the donkey, right? We're, we're not Jesus. We're just part of the plan that God has had in this time. So what is holding us back? What is tying us back from saying yes to, uh, to, to going along with Jesus, to accepting this thing we call faith to, to following this, this guy that rides into Jerusalem, on a donkey,
0: yeah, and that—that's a really loaded question. You know, what is tying us back? Um, that what what is preventing us from making that decision to, to you know say, use me. Like yeah. it, it really is kind of a, you know, we we've had some jokes, we've had some laughs with it. You know, we are the donkey, you know, it's but what, what does it look like to be the donkey and say, yes, absolutely. Use me, use me to be a part of this upside down kingdom. Um, and, and actually I want, I, I want, can you give us like a 30 second ver, uh, understanding of what upside down kingdom is, because yeah. that may not be a phrase that our, our listeners are familiar with. Yeah.
3: I mean, essentially the, the way of Jesus is one of, of peace. Um, it's one of loving neighbor. It's it's one that essentially everything that benefits us individually, all of this wealth, this power, anything we do um, to, to better gain status or whatever for ourselves individually is Completely flipped upside down because the kingdom of God is all about giving power away and lifting others up. Like it's the idea that we can't move forward until we can all move forward. And so, you know, Pontius Pilate's riding in from the West to remind the Jewish people who's in charge, who's got the power, who's got the money, you know, who is the son of God, which was another name for Caesar at the time. And in walks Jesus kind of this born in a stable, lowly carpenter, Uh, On a donkey, this idea that by loving our neighbors and by loving the people that most of society pushes out and casts out, we can actually do better together than just hoarding massive uh, masses of wealth and power and, and status for us individually.
0: It was about 30 seconds plus, you know, a little bit. Of, yeah, but no, that was, that was great. That was, that was great. Well, speaking of upside down, part of this whole process of us doing church online and, and live streaming everything, uh, a lot of the things that we are used to are pretty flipped upside down as well. And one of those things is preaching to an empty room. And uh, I think we, we have a pretty good idea of how Pastor Brian feels about it. I, I don't know if you want to, you, you know, maybe.
3: Chime in, Chime
0: in and just let us know how you feel about preaching to an empty room. But well, there,
2: there is no hiding the fact that uh, being an extrovert people person, uh, loving the give and take of preaching and response and all of those kind of things. Uh, that's who I naturally am. So let's just go with this is a giant stretch. But in the uh, in the stretch of trying to to learn this. I just have had to put myself into the right headspace, And, uh, and that's, it's, it's, it's painful for me, but I have to realize that, you know, the last few weeks, eight, nine hundred, eight or nine hundred, a thousand people actually have an opportunity to view this. And if I'm up there having a giant violin and a pity party about how much I don't like speaking to an empty room, that sounds like
0: a bad idea. Yeah. Eight, nine hundred, a thousand people. That number keeps going up every week. I, I don't know. One hundred, twelve hundred. Yeah, 000, 000, I mean, whatever. pastorally speaking, it's like the state of None. Colorado. Yeah, yeah
3: it <laughs> so, is. I mean, what what is really unique in all this, though, is that we are seeing uh, larger numbers watching online. You know, some of that is probably those of you that listen that for whatever reason can come twice a month. But now you're stuck at home and you have no choice, you know, but to tune in. And so we're there weekly and. But man, preaching to an empty room, like I, I was trying, I was racking my brain on, first of all, what to do visually, because we're trying to do our best to, to keep socially distanced, to, to love our neighbors and keep as many or as few of people, I'm sorry, in the building at a time as possible. So it was just me in the sanctuary and I set the camera. And so I knew I couldn't walk around like normal, which is kind of a nervous tick you know, just me running all over the stage, like a weirdo. Um, I couldn't sit on the stool behind the table cause that's what Brian does. And my hair's not big enough for it to work. Uh, and so I had to, <laughs> <Real feral. laughs> <Real feral. laughs> so I found, you know, we've been going, uh, doing this lobby renovation project, um, which is great. We've got all this beautiful stuff done as you know, who knows when anybody's going to be able to see it. Yeah. Uh, just in
0: time for just- <laughs> everyone to go home and not be allowed in the building. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just uh, think of how long though it's going to be clean.
0: I know. That's true.
1: So
3: we have, we purchased a couch for the new area in the lobby, of the fireside room. And so I put it together that day and set it up on stage and figured I could maybe sit on the couch because it's got a little bounce to it. So I can still have that nervous energy or motion tick or whatever is going on when I preach um, with my hands and, and went for that. But the lack of instant gratification while preaching to an empty room is so hard. Like I know some of those jokes were hilarious or at least I thought so, but there was, there, don't, I, I saw that. I For that's that that's where you were supposed <laughs> to cue the donkey
0: noise. <laughs> I mean,
3: yeah. We <laughs> can all see each other over zoom as we record this. And Brian rolled his eyes bigger than I think I've ever seen. Uh,
0: <laughs> saw the back of his but, head, but. But,
3: but the instant gratification of, Uh, either a good point or or a funny joke. And, you know, usually you've got a service to work that out. Like if it's not as funny as you thought, you can rework it. You kind of just have to let it ride and then wait for two to three minutes later for somebody to text you and go, ha, 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 which is not nearly, (laughs) (laughs) it's not nearly as gratifying uh, after a good point, like get an amen four minutes later. But that's just my own weird idiosyncrasies in it. But it is definitely difficult, uh, more difficult than I thought it was. So kudos to you, Brian, for being way more comfortable quicker than I think I am.
2: Uh, I'm not sure if that's true, because I'm antsy about this coming weekend. And uh, knowing how fired up and enthusiastic and passionate, whatever words you like I get about about Easter and the tomb being empty. I don't know how I can do that sitting down. So it's just weird things that I, that you think through and talk about. I I hate to be, you know, to go back to a serious point, but when you mentioned, when you mentioned the, uh, the, the being tied up in the donkey, I would actually just even tell you that for me in this kind of time, I literally, when I wake up in the morning and I'm not even out of bed yet, the eyes open, I'm thinking to myself, this is still going on. (laughs) this this is this is still taking place, and I have to decide, I have to choose my attitude this morning uh, because I, I you know I, it's not fun. I don't enjoy it. It's not naturally me and all those wonderful excuses and all those things I've said too many times. But am I going to be able to still be productive and be representative of who Christ has called me to be? And some days it's work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have been feeling the exact same way yesterday. There was a few of us who got into the office to do some stuff. Um, and it was a great kind of experience to like see other people, um, and interact with other people at a distance yet six (laughs) feet apart. Um, but to have some of that normalcy back and, um, churches are considered essential. Thankfully that I'm able to go into work, but this whole idea of knowing that it's going to be longer than we ever thought. Um, When this all started, I'm like, okay, we'll be inside for two weeks. And I'm like, okay, it's been a month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's actually only been three weeks for me, but I'm like, it feels like 7,000 years and trying to figure out and be responsive to what God is calling me into right now and to participate in has been very challenging because I'm not doing my normal thing. So I've been struggling with like, what's what's tying me back. It's just this unknown quantity right now.
3: I'm just grateful I took the how to do church during a pandemic class in seminary because that was offered (laughs) every (laughs) single semester. It is. Um, and I'm also very happy that a productive day at this point, it looks like a shower in real pants. Like, that's all I need to feel productive. <laughs> it's like, all right, I put on jeans. This is great. But I put on jeans it's, it's a low bar. And my family made fun of me. Yeah. <laughs> where, 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 are you,
1: where are you going?
2: Yeah, but that was... I mean, it, used, it used to be if I put on, like, dress clothes, they're like, oh... Is it a funeral or a wedding? Now, if I put on jeans, it's like, what?
3: What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but that was that was some of my hope in, in praying and prepping for this and where I thought God was kind of leading was uh, maybe I, uh, you know, hopefully I articulated it well enough, but just that idea that in this moment, there is some fear. There is some anxiety. There's some super unknowns that are, are definitely tying me back. Uh, and, you know, the testimony from us so far, all of us back. Um, but to know that, you know, especially in that particular era, it was very unknown as to what was next for the Jewish faith and what was coming. And, and it was a very weird time. They're once again finding themselves under Roman rule instead of Egyptian rule. And they're celebrating this idea that they were free from that. You know, they're celebrating um, the exodus again. And, uh, and here they find themselves again in this unknown situation. But in that, God has had a plan. God has had a plan this whole time and it may not look like the way we wanted it or the way we would draw it out. And and instead of choosing a war horse and a chariot, he chooses a lowly donkey and her colt and rides into Jerusalem that way. And for me, my anxiety, my fear in all of this, the the strangeness of how do we even do ministry a month from now? You know, God has a plan
1: and And, go um, ahead. he chose a donkey that had never been ridden before. Like this whole idea of the the one bringing Jesus into Jerusalem had never been asked to do such a thing before. We've never been asked to pastor in a pandemic before or to parent in a pandemic before or to be a nurse or a teacher or whatever your vocation is in a pandemic before. Um, But there is still this plan and, like, if I could th- know what that donkey was thinking, I think it would be really interesting to be like, what, this, isn't, this doesn't happen for any other donkey where he's being ridden and palm branches are being thrown on the ground and people are noticing. That's not a normal situation.
3: I think the donkey was
1: thinking. <laughs> no, that's what the donkey was saying. Oh, oh yes, yes. Yes. yeah, seriously. Duh. <laughs> But yeah, yeah,
3: I I, I have ahead, a friend. random
2: question. I have a random question to throw out to you guys and this is like uh with no prep. So just <laughs> here you go. So I'm I'm glad that I get to do this to you guys instead <laughs> of you and me like it like happens sometimes. But Jesus weeping. So as as he comes in and he's and he's tearing up as he looks over and sees the city lights, like maybe not the lights, but but whatever he sees.
3: <laughs> the city candles.
2: Uh, yeah, the city candles or whatever it was. Why, why, why the tears?
3: I, I, one, I think he knew what was coming. Uh, you know, part of the prophecy was, um, and oh, I wish I had this reference, but I mean, in a lot of my notes, and this was a direction I would normally go with this, but the, there was prophesied that if Israel was accepting of the coming King, he'd ride in on the clouds. And if they weren't going to accept him, he'd ride in on a donkey. So, right. This imagery of him riding on a donkey is, is fulfilling more than just the Zechariah prophecy, but it's fulfilling this idea that he knows what's coming. And he's, he's walking into the situation, realizing that Israel as a whole is not accepting of him as the Messiah. And so it's, it's probably not going to be good. Uh, And I also think that there's such a depth of love uh, in his heart, because none of us would do that, right? We None of us have the constitution to know we're walking into this situation uh, with what's probably going to happen and feel good about riding in and doing, we, we'd find an excuse or a way to back out or a way for, well, what if, you know, what if Joe down the street could do it and it could have the same results or we'd back out, but Jesus had such a depth of love for for what God had called him to, for what God had willed him to, that he was obedient to the father, even to the point of death and death on a cross.
0: Yeah, and, and that's kind of the the direction that I, when you ask that question and if he's weeping as he's overlooking the city of Jerusalem, like part of me wonders if if it's uh, kind of an element of like, they don't get it. Like yeah. he, he understands that like, this is everything I've been teaching, this is everything that I've been trying to, to convince them of. Um, and they still don't get it. They still think that I'm here to overthrow the Roman government with a with a sword and a shield, you know, on a white horse. And, and they, they don't get it. And, and so I think there there is that love. I think there is that. You know, it's it's not a sad weeping, but it's a, it's a, you know, I care for these people so much that I want them to understand what is being offered to them. Uh, what, what a relationship with God would look like, what it would look like to be God's chosen people. Um, and, and I think that's, that for me, at least that's, you know, off the cuff, that's the direction I immediately yeah. go with that thought.
3: I mean, also having lived in Columbia, Tennessee and been a part of Mule day, there's a chance he was weeping <laughs> because that donkey didn't smell good. <laughs> it's a good point it's an good odorous point. odiferous you know scent rising from that donkey like i i've not been around many that i would consider pleasant but uh oh so like, dear what what uh, did od- you say odiferous you know uh, sorry that must be in
2: one of mark's books <laughs>
0: <laughs> i
3: think he was reading it this morning yeah
0: he was re- he must been reading this week uh get on him i do what
3: i can um, but sorry to derail us from that serious conversation no, that,
2: that's that's great oh, I was definitely thinking along the lines of what you guys uh, said. And that is that we would think that if we were, if we were riding in, we would be thinking about what we were about to go through. And I think yeah. he was thinking about the other people and his love and his selflessness were incredible at that point. And that's yeah. a teaching lesson for me.
3: But it's, there's a depth to it because we find out later um, in the gospels. I mean, he, he has that moment of prayer to, to God, the father of like, if there's any other way. If there's any other way to fulfill your will, take this cup from me. Right. Like, so even walking in or riding in, sorry, on this donkey, he knew what was coming and he was wrestling with even being obedient because he knew what was coming.
1: And a part of, um, this is one of my favorite, uh, moments in this whole Holy Week story. Um, when Jesus is in the garden praying and he's praying so passionately is he goes to God three times and asks for the same thing and surrenders the same thing three times. It's not a new concept for him. And I always think that if Jesus can go to God multiple times, God, the father multiple times with the same request, with the same plea, with having to surrender the same thing, then we must have that same permission to be able to go to God, the father with those same things that are tying us binding us. Um, I think that's just so beautiful that Jesus gives us that example of what humility and humanness looks like.
0: Yeah. And that's a, that's a very real thing that, I mean, we are called to participate in, you know, that's um, it, it's such a, if we talk about the, the difficult theology of, you know, Jesus is fully God and fully human. But if we strip all of that away and we just think of what Jesus did in those moments, um, it's it's very real. And, it, and it's a lesson that uh, is difficult for us to learn. It's, uh, you know, we like to, we, we like to think like the Israelites. We like to think that Jesus is going to show up and just annihilate all of our enemies and everything's going to be great. And, and, you know, we're going to be on, the, uh, on a white horse as well, riding in his army. And yet, lo and behold, he shows up and he's on a donkey. And it's Ripple just like, what, what do we do with that? A little, yes, a little donkey. donkey. Well,
3: but that's interesting too, because depending on the version of the story that you read, which I I mentioned, it's in all four of the gospels. So it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this entrance into Jerusalem, the donkeys in all of them, it's tied up, particularly in three, it's mentioned that it's tied back in three of them. Uh, But there's a couple different versions of this. Some of them, it just says, go get the colt. Some of the versions say, go get uh, the donkey and her colt. Uh, as well. And so uh, what, what is the imagery? What is the symbolism? Uh, some of what I was studying was the idea that, um, you know, riding in on both, because at times it, it was speculated by some theologians that he rode either the, the mother donkey or the colt, depending on when, because it was a long trek. So he would kind of ride back and forth to, to ease the, the workload on the donkey, but that it could also represent uh, both the coming King for the Jews and and the Gentiles. And that's why there are two different donkeys. And one was a little bit older and and kind of understood what it meant. And the other was a cult and unridden and and kind of still learning what it means to be in this world.
0: And that's kind of the beautiful thing of, uh, you know, we have four different gospel narratives. Um, You know, we look at all of them, this sometimes we get hung up on, you know, there might be details that don't match up. Um, Mm -hmm. And in the grand scheme of it all, does that impact our relationship with God? No. And and it shouldn't. And if it does, please reach out to one of us. You know that's (laughs) uh, that. I mean, I kind of joking, but at the same time, I mean, being very serious about it as well. You know, if that is something that um, you know, because I know that there are people who who have grown up and and you know they've struggled with that idea. They've struggled with this thought of like, well, that story doesn't match that story. But um, so anyway, that's just just a sidebar there, throwing that out there. The
3: details were different in, in each gospel account of this particular story. Uh, Slightly, And some were were a little, maybe greater difference, but I've always been that context guy. And I love the idea that we we have to understand that whoever was writing these gospels was writing to a particular audience in Mm -hmm. a particular time. And somebody writing to a more Jewish audience might use imagery and language or particular details that meant more to them that somebody writing to an audience that wouldn't be, you know, uh, in that same vein of faith might not need those exact same details or might not connect the dots so that they're frivolous. And so when we read each one of these accounts, they're written specifically for a purpose for a group of people that would be reading them. And that's why some of these accounts, uh, differ a little bit from time to time.
2: I had a, uh, uh, on the practical side of this, I had a, uh, a police officer tell me one time who was uh, living for God and living the Christian life that he put this together and understood this when he actually had to get the details of a car accident. And he had three different witnesses to the car accident. And they were on, in three different perspectives and areas of this particular corner in different corners. And when he interviewed them, he got, he got they all saw the same car accident, but he got three different perspectives and three different uh, with some details left in or out of the story. And he said, Brian, I think that's, I think that's why the gospels are different. And for my little simple mind, something clicked <laughs> like, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to
3: use that later in a sermon <laughs> or a podcast. Or a podcast. Yeah, or a podcast. Every, everything's a sermon illustration in your life. Once you start preaching, you realize that it, everything, everything gets everything. put on the back burner. Cause I might need that later. So mm-hmm. right,
0: so that was, true. that was actually, uh, one of the, one of the agreements that my mother made with me when I first said, you know what? I think I'm going into ministry. She goes, you're never allowed to use me in one of your sermons. I think she I broke never that,
1: told me that. Uh, <laughs>
0: I, I think I broke that rule in like the second sermon. So sorry, mom, but know, you know, it, know. it is what it is.
3: I've tried to be wary of that preaching to, to ask permission, right. Of my wife. of mine to tell a story about her. I don't always do that. I know I should. But, uh, you know, I got to get better and especially as my kids get older, because, you know, Brian, you would know kids make phenomenal <laughs> sermon illustrations like you can have one two, ten 10 a week uh, over every little thing they did in the past month or so.
2: All I'm saying there is is try to do your best to get in the habit of talking to them and let them know if it's coming, because I've had to apologize
3: quite a few times. It's harder now too that it's live streamed, and uh, you got family members (laughs) you're telling stories
0: about
1: that weren't able to watch in the same room. Right? (laughs) I know. I didn't think of that. So what you're
0: telling me is kids could be little donkeys? Is that what I'm? Oh, you're
3: more than, more than, you know, there are days we, uh, we had, a, it was wonderful this week. I, I tried to work this into a sermon illustration, especially talking about how anticlimactic it must have been for some people to see Jesus riding a donkey at this moment. Right. Cause you got war horses coming in from the West and here comes, you know, Jesus on a donkey from the East. But this past week we got to celebrate my daughter's fifth birthday which was different because we had to cancel the big party we had planned and no, no friends could come over. We had a few wonderful friends drive by in costumes and bang pots and pans out our window and sing happy birthday. But my wife and I developed this, well, my wife developed this idea that, uh, <laughs> had, I had nothing to do with it. That we we're going <laughs> to still try and make it a big deal. It was her fifth birthday and we had been talking it up for a long time. Uh, and so we ordered 150 balloons. And we did not order anything to blow them up with, which was a giant mistake. So the night before the night before her birthday, we are blowing up 150 balloons on our own and very, very lightheaded. And of course, she took a nap that day. So she's not falling asleep till about 1030, 11 o'clock at night. She's just in a room playing. So about 1130, 1145, she's finally out and we sneak in. And we we're, we're just quietly dumping these bags as quietly as possible of 150 balloons all through her room. And we're, you know, as parents, like so excited for that next morning when she's gonna wake up and see the balloons. And about 8.30 in the morning rolls around and she knows it's her birthday. She's not out of bed. 8.30 and so I'm like, what is going on? And so I get Kelly's phone. I'm like, this will be a good time to film. I put it in the hallway and I have my phone and I knock on her door and there's no movement. <laughs> <laughs> and I, back, I go back in and I, I, I knock on her door again. I'm like, Camden, Camden, nothing. So, like, after three times of doing that, I crack her door open and I flip her light on and back up. And I'm waiting, you know, I'm waiting to hear the excitement of oh, there's balloons. And I see her foot kind of move and nothing. And I'm like flipping the light on and off and and <laughs> Camden, wake up. And I see her sit up, but she's still makes no noise and does nothing. I finally, (laughs) Kelly comes down the hallway, open the door and she's just sitting there. She's like, Hey, we're like, Hey, do you see, I mean, happy birthday. Do you see all these balloons? She's like, Oh, I got up last night to pee. I saw them already. (laughs) Like the most anticlimactic surprise we've ever tried. And I, I I couldn't work it into the sermon. I I was, I was trying to find an angle where it would work, but like that anticlimactic, we worked so hard. We planned, it was, you know, in our power and in our strength, we made this plan and it was going to be amazing You know, but we couldn't account for all the variables or we couldn't account for what was going on in that moment. And then Camden just didn't care because she already saw it about two or 3 a.m.
0: Well, now we know next year, just get her a donkey. (laughs) 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 Maybe leave that one outside, though. I don't know. I don't know. I I was going
1: to say, your house will be very loud.
0: She would be
3: very surprised if there was a donkey in her room I think.
0: Well, Pastor Nate, are there any other things that you want to dive a little deeper into? Uh, Just some, you know, I I know that you had said a couple of times already, like this isn't necessarily the direction you would have gone. So.
3: I mean, there's this, just the whole idea, like where, where I normally would spend my time is that, that prophecy from Zechariah of Jesus coming in on a donkey. The second half of that prophecy is that your King comes in and he's going to crush the chariots and essentially do all of this through what we call the upside down kingdom, or what we understand is basically antithetical to how we would gain power. He comes in and uh, there's no more war. This is a King of peace uh, coming and riding in a donkey and how so many times in our lives and even... In reality, there's this battle between uh, the empire and the kingdom of God and and doing things in a way that we gain status, power, wealth, uh, the upward mobility, the political influence. This is all the stuff that that we want to feel better about who we are and, and basically build our kingdoms. But then we have Jesus kind of riding in subversively saying, this is not the way of God. This is not the way of peace. This is not the way of truth. We, we give those powers away to elevate others. We love our neighbor. Um, You know, that's, most of where I spent my time researching early on, and I just felt God saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, you've preached that pretty much every time you preach." But uh, <laughs> in, in this moment, I, I want you to say something different because I think people might need to hear something different. And so I was doing my best to be obedient to that. But this this story has so much imagery, such a a rich and deep imagery connected to all the prophecies of the coming Messiah. Uh, Even the the palm branches come from, and this will be, you know, write this down and you can pick this up and study it later, but the palm branches are referring to a Maccabean period in the Jewish history um, and why they are using palm branches or branches of any tree they could find as well to lay them on this road before a a coming King and why they laid down their cloaks and why they covered the donkeys and cloaks. Like this was all imagery that, that Jewish, especially the high priest, but most Jewish people, anybody that had a little bit of education would immediately connect to the idea of this coming Messiah. But in that, they also have to look at, they were hoping for a coming king that would basically cut Rome down at the knees and take over with force and power because that's how kingdoms fall, right? That is how (laughs) powers are overthrown and principalities are overthrown is by another bigger, stronger king, army or whatever coming in and forcefully taking what they want. And here's Jesus
0: riding that donkey that might even be then, you know, the, that final question that you keep asking is what is tying you back? You know, it's, it's for, for so many of us, it's our perceptions. It's our, it's our understanding of the situation, our very limited understanding of the situation that is tying us back. Um, you know, I, I think that is something that, that at least that was my big takeaway is, is um, this idea of, um, you know, what is it not only that's tying us back, but then what can we do to be untied? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and again, if we are the donkey in this situation, you know, and the <laughs> colt and the cult was tied up, you know, yep. what can we do to be untied and, and to be used to, to be used by God? Um, I, I have to throw this out there, by the way, about 10 p.m. on Friday night, <laughs> I get a text message from Pastor Nate. And he goes, dude, I need your help. And I'm just like, all right, all right what, what's up? You know, I'm thinking, okay, this is, you know, less than 24 hours for the next deep, live stream. Like, you know, something tech. Yeah, th- some, something really deep. He goes, I don't know which version of tying I'm supposed to use. I
3: don't know how to spell tying. properly.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? He goes, is it is it T Y? I, enjoy, or is it T I I E I don't, and he's like having this mini freak out moment. So of course I, I have, like, I had to go look, look it up and he was fine. He was using the right one, but it's, would you go look it's it up uh, Mark. in a book, in a book, <laughs> be, you know, in a book. Uh, Britannica.
1: Britannica. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Encycl- Encyclopedia Britannica.
1: <laughs> oh, listen to last
3: week's podcast. You'll get that inside yeah, joke. There
0: are all kinds of inside jokes. Now see, this gives you a reason. Now you have to go back and listen to all the other episodes that you haven't listened to We've yet, all got so. nothing but time. Yeah. No. Yeah, we, we really do. Well, as, as we're wrapping things up today, um, you know, usually we kind of have a weird kind of, you know, like how's your hair, but um, we actually want to kind of talk a little bit about what this weekend's going to look like. Um, you know, it's, this is, uh, I was actually thinking about this earlier. Um, this is the first time in my 29 years of being alive that, uh, I am That's not going to, yeah, 29. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How are you doing, Pastor Brian? Uh, uh, almost twice that. <laughs> uh, there you go. 29 years. And this is the first time that I will not be in a church building on Easter um, and, and I know that that can be a little strange for people um, so we're trying to uh, you know just offer up uh, a holy Week that um, you know is is accommodating for everyone that that is accessible for everyone uh, and so we've, we've got a few different things going on um, we've and actually we've got quite a lot of things going on uh, but it, it's an exciting time for the church um, and so we just we kind of what, what's going on and you know pastor Nate fill us in what, what, what do we got coming up
3: well this is strangely the second Easter that I've ever missed now uh to not be physically present Camden was born uh in between uh, good uh, not good Friday and Easter but she was born basically the Thursday of Easter week and so I, I thought it would be a good decision to not go into church <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, from,
0: coming from the guy who showed up to church after he got married,
3: I did show up the next morning. Yeah, yeah, we got married the night before, and I showed up and led worship. Not just showed up; I led worship yeah. the next morning at church. But um, I enjoyed it, your voice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's was a in, little lower.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oofda, <laughs> yeah. no longer family friendly. Yeah, but, <laughs> sorry, we'll edit that out. <laughs> but that
3: was. Uh, It is a weird and strange time, not just for somebody that's in ministry, but in general, that's kind of grown up going to church to, you know, the first time I sat out Easter service, especially then, because, you know, with a newborn, they don't do much, but, you know, cry and sleep. And so I felt like for the most part, I'm like, well, she's right there. She's sleeping. What should I be doing? Felt very anxious. And I have a feeling that this coming Easter weekend, I'm going to feel just as anxious, but we are preparing as much content as we can like podcasts like this uh we've got wednesday night schedule coming up Um, depending on when you listen to this um, it might be tonight it could be next wednesday that you uh, hear this but we're going to keep producing out wednesday content we've got pastor brian goes live mostly on time there's usually a few tech issues we have to deal with <laughs> Amen. To, 33. To, to get him if i am 33 if you tune in about then you'll be catching him on the phone with me going no you're live now go start talking <laughs> uh- <laughs> so we have uh pastor leslie you can talk a little bit about what you do shortly after that then.
1: Yeah. Um, so we do CKC, Crossing Kids Club, and we are looking at some of the worship songs right now that we are doing in uh, church so that you would be seeing on our live stream on Saturday night or Sunday. Uh, we're taking a look at those songs and looking at scripture and how scripture influences the songs we sing. And I have actions for the songs. And that's just to help our kids feel like that they are a part of the service on the weekend when they watch it with their family. They know the songs and they have something to do with the songs. kids they're so physical. Um, so if we can teach them how to worship God with their bodies, we're teaching them how to be fully present, which is really cool. So we have a lot of fun with that. You get to see me try to dance. Um, sometimes <laughs> it's awesome. Maser-sized. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Um, this, this week, um, so the Wednesday before Easter, I'm I'm dancing with no shoes on. So getting real crazy. Whoa. I know. It's holy ground. Holy ground. It is holy (laughs) ground. Sometimes it's easier.
3: We have uh, stuff for our youth on the Crossing Youth Facebook page and Instagram, because apparently kids these days don't care about Facebook. So we're trying to adjust to that. And then Pastor David leads kind of an open prayer time. Uh, At what time, Pastor Brian, is that on Wednesday nights?
2: Uh, Pastor David is at 7:30, I believe, and yes. uh, and I, I start the thing at 5:33. So come join <laughs> us somewhere in between there. We're also going to have a, a Good Friday. Uh, Pastor Bark's going to do a Good Friday uh, message uh, communion time together at 6:30, and I think we're going to let's say, How does the kids thing work? When is that?
1: Um, so yeah, there's two things happening for kids this Holy Week on Thursday at 4:30 p.m. I'm going live on Facebook to kind of. Um, teach and explain what communion is and why we do it and um what it looked like when jesus had communion with his disciples um so i'm going to do that on thursday and then on friday uh the service is going to be posted on the crossing kids page at 12 noon if you're got younger kids and you want to do it before bedtime um feel free to take a listen to it just kind of whenever works in your day if it's after nap time if it's before nap time um just take a listen and do good Friday with your kids. And then we're going to go live with it, um, through the crossing page, the general page at six thirty. Um, so that's where you'll be able to interact with all of us pastors during it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing communion. So have like your fish crackers. Or, um, it's
0: it's, it's going to be weird. It's, uh, you know, we, we recognize that like this is something that we need to do um, and, and that we want that to be a part of a good Friday service. And so people might feel uncomfortable. People might say, I don't have bread and grape juice, I, you know, whatever. Um, that That's okay. We're navigating this weird, odd time just as much as you are. And we're trying to figure out how to do that as well. So It's a special so,
3: case right now, isn't it? Yeah. Like, we got to come up with ways to figure out how to, to do all this. The best news is, is that even though it'll be distanced, uh, we are going to be celebrating Easter this weekend. Um, Absolutely. Hey, Brian, you have something to say, right? You have something to say, right?
2: Well, yeah, Uh, the tomb is empty and we're going to celebrate, we're going to celebrate that Saturday at five and Sunday, I believe we're adding uh, 9 and 10.30 uh, to our services uh, for, for Easter. And uh, I'm getting a lot of shrugged shoulders. The two we days. are now. We so.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's official. Yeah, well, it, it's happening. <laughs> so, so we're going we're gonna to do that. And, and here's a little bit of, of just my serious thought quickly, is that I really think that this COVID-19 situation has a lot of us at least contemplating spiritual things. Maybe we've been on the bench and we've been watching spiritual things. Maybe some of us have been trying to do it. We've been frustrated. Some of us are trying to live it out loud, all those kind of things. But I really believe that this opportunity, this Easter, could be one of the biggest opportunities in the church's history to be able to help people to understand why the tomb being empty and the fact that God is a, already has people in a place of, of contemplation we uh, To God be the glory, we should capitalize. Amen, Amen to that. There's still <laughs>
3: hope. There's still a promise that it, it is it is going to be a celebration. We've got some really cool creative things planned that I've been working on already all day that uh, I'm excited about as far as how we're delivering service. Uh, so we we really hope that you'll tune in uh, to Facebook Live Saturday night at 5 and apparently Sunday morning at 9 <laughs> and 10.30 a.m. <laughs> but. It's going to be good. Uh, This might be the time when you see Brian try to figure out how to run around an empty room. Uh, Easter, I've worked with you for almost 17 years now. You're already hard to contain on Easter, but given the circumstances, this might be, you are not going to want to miss this. You're going to want to watch this Facebook Live event. That's all I'm saying right now.
0: Yep. It's going to be a good one. We're, we're all looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us so much for another episode of the Crossing Church Rewind. As always, you can find more information about our church at crossingchurch.org. Be sure to check us out on our Facebook or our Instagram. If you have any questions, comments, uh, you know, just even just want to reach out to us, please let us know. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at crossingchurch.org. Uh, and, and we also just want to say a special thank you to those who uh, are financially supporting us. I mean, we uh, we would not be able to do this without your gen- generosity. And and if you would like to financially support the ministries of the church, you can do that online at our website at crossingchurch.org slash give. Uh, Thank you so much just for checking in with us this week. And we hope to hear from you soon.